All right, what's going on, everyone? We are here for another episode. I am Lucas Magnera, joined by your other co-host, Nathan Katz. And today we have an awesome episode in store for you. We are doing an interview with Tim from Intrepid Exotics. He's got an amazing educational YouTube page. And we recently have actually just saw that he was going to be doing an educational event. And for someone like myself that has wanted to kind of do that and hasn't been able to, why not bring someone on to talk about the educational component and maybe ask him how we can get started in doing that and kind of, you know, what, what measures to take and, and, you know, why maybe educational side of things is makes him tick, but I'm excited for this one, Nathan. I'm an educator by trade. So yeah, it's, it's big for me and I've done a tiny bit of it, but seeing how I can advance on that a little bit will be cool. Uh, guys, make sure to join the Patreon, become a lounger today. It gives you access to our Discord community. We're very active over there, have a really awesome little retic community over there, very supportive and just fun stuff popping off all the time. So uh, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, following on Instagram. Uh, make sure you're following our guests tonight as well over on YouTube and Instagram. And then, yeah, I think, oh, US Arc. Yeah. Follow US Arc. Make sure you're giving your your yearly subscription to them. We're just about to go into 2024. So yeah, make subscribe, sure you're renewed. Donate. Uh if you ship animals out, donate. Uh if you, you know, are subscribed, great. Um, or or you know, if you're a member, great. Also get over to the YouTube so that you can stay up to date. And we're definitely gonna pick Tim's brain about what's going on with the current legislation that kind of was just announced as well. Uh, and before we bring them on, we are finally, we hit our 1k subscribers. So for all of you that have joined us and have been along for this journey for, I don't know, about a year and a half now, just want to thank you. <laughs> Not Me quite that long. Yeah. You're in change. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you, you're, you're about right. Okay. Close. I'll stop arguing. It's close. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and get Tim on here. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows, on Morph Market, and are all over social media. Sometimes it may feel possible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Designs helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brands for US Arc, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics through first working with Garrett Hartle. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. You're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. You don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd. And you want to make your own way doing what you love. And also, you have big ideas and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake and have a conversation. To learn more or get started, visit stuartdesignbrands.com or call them at 855 SD logos, clear brands own markets. Stuart Design helps create them. 
If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animal's comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animal's caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer, creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heli Guy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. Tim, what's going on, man? Oh, not much, man. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm doing hey. good. I, I mean, for everyone watching, this will come out a little bit later, but this is the night before Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Busy, busy. Yeah. Yeah. I just remembered we didn't even once, like, talk about happy holidays on our last episode with Kagan, and that <laughs> dropped, you know, yesterday. So, for those of you that are watching this late, happy holidays. Um, let's get back to Tim. Tim. Uh, we we literally you and I have talked for the last like six months going back and forth trying to get each other yeah. on each other's podcast and the timing <laughs> has just not worked you're on the east coast um you know we got a couple hours behind from Nathan and you, you seem like I mean you, I'm assuming you do a lot and do you wake up early or you just you, you're oh yeah yeah well I mean I've got unfortunately <clears throat> I've got a day job instead of yeah. just reptile so we all know how that goes. Yeah. Um, yes, we do. Yeah, right now, um, right now I'm doing GPS mapping for natural gas services. So, you know, we're up with the sun and as my crews are down there digging down and exposing mains and running lines and tying in all that stuff, I'm coming in behind them and logging all the materials and plotting it out on a on an as-built map for them. So. All right. <clears throat> so there's all that. And then, of course, coming home and trying to keep up with the YouTube content and taking care of the animals. And so, yeah, I know I'm preaching to the choir here because you guys are all in the same boat. So that's, that's why it's taken us six, seven months to get together and chat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to coordinate. And, uh, you know, we typically do interviews around this time and I I'm always very grateful and thankful for the guests over on the East coast that are willing to kind of stay up a little later and, 
and do this. So um, thanks again for coming on. And if you, if you don't mind for our listeners that maybe haven't, um, that, that don't know your story, you know, right. let's, let's go into the cliche, you know, how'd you get into yeah. reptiles and exotic animals and all that good stuff. Right. Right. Well, my, um, my fascination with animals really started when I was a kid, I think as with a lot of us, um, I was up in Southern Michigan as a kid and started, um, um, started work at a horse stable and there was a, a horse trainer down there. Ultimately I ended up, uh, pretty much working there to pay for my training in equestrian doing three day events and stuff like that. So that was my first really interaction with animals where I, I'd kind of figured out I'm probably going to like non-humans more than humans. And the more <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty common trope. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I mean, it, and then, of course, you know, gone in the military all the time and all that stuff. You're not in one place for more than a year or two at a time. You can't really get a collection of anything that you've got to move. So um, finally, when I got out here to North Carolina and found a place to land where I was going to stay, um, the first thing I started getting into was marine aquariums and um, ended up getting really heavy into those. Um, a lot of saltwater aquariums, along with freshwater stuff, uh, octopus, stingrays, all kinds of eels and corals, and that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, really. I, I'd love, I'd love to have a coral setup, man. But I've actually yeah. dug in and I've seen some of the people that keep them, and I did not realize how expensive. Yeah, and how, like yeah. how how quick you can go down that rabbit hole with coral. <sighs> yeah, my my whole thing started with a free fish tank. And then, <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing as if somebody was to give you a free retake. Right. Yeah, here you go. And then, and then I realized See how free that, that is the, uh, in six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, I mean, like the live rock is $10 a pound for that typically. And you need one pound per gallon to have a healthy tank. So if you get 120, you know, there's 1200 bucks just in rocks that you're buying <laughs> to put in that thing. Um, Nutty. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's how it started. And then while I was doing that, I ended up getting into, uh, getting into reptiles and it just, I ended up saying, well, what are these things about? I picked up a ball python and it was like crack after that. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it, yep. dude, there's yep. something crazy. I, I want to, so I want to go back and get my, my, um, my PhD and, um, you know, I, I work in the psychology field. And so I, I've wanted to do a, like my, my, uh, dissertation, I want to do it on, uh, like some form of, of animal addiction. Essentially, I'd like I to be able to, no, I, no, I, I want to work with a university to do brain scans on people that own reptiles and that they, they constantly are buying more. And I, because my theory is that, the part of the brain that um, has us keep going for more and more is absolutely no different than like doing cocaine or some other stimulant. So I, I kind of want to get some brain scans done. And so if I ever went back, that's what I would do my dissertation on. Yeah. You you go pick up an animal from FedEx, stare at it for a day or two, and then go get your brain scan. No. So like have someone, you know, have someone, um, you know, with, with you know the patches on and, and a way to look at it while they're on their phone looking at morph market <laughs> right yeah you would probably you'd probably find a pretty heavy correlation there to uh 
through drug right. addiction and a dopamine rush or something like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't met one person really that, that like stops at just one reptile and may, no, yeah. maybe, maybe I have, maybe that's a generalization, but I, I, for those that only have one, I feel like it's always a matter of time until they get the next. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always my advice to anybody. Once they get started I'm like, just go ahead and start selling your furniture now, dude. Cause <laughs> right. <laughs> you won't need furniture. You have too many cages. Yep. <laughs> Um, but but yeah man it was <clears throat> excuse me oh. you're good what what, yeah. what would your first reptile you said oh you said ball first, python and first you one go... was a ball python yeah where'd you go what, after what kind that? of ball python normal just a normal all right just a normal do you remember that right cost? lucas is proud yeah yeah man and and see that's kind of where my whole my whole method of keeping started with that too because i just kind of started looking around to see how many people were adopting out animals. And um, I can't remember, I think maybe the second one that I adopted might've been a retic. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I was, I, I just dove in with both feet, started studying as much as I could, yeah, started watching every single one of Kevin McCurley's handling videos right. uh, about 300 times a piece. Yeah. I, I I still go back and watch his retake yeah. breeding videos. You yeah. know, they're, they're they're those old videos he has are just a gold mine. They're they're so yeah. full of information. Yeah, and he's and I've had I've had the opportunity to practice everything that I learned watching him in thousands of interactions with hundreds of retakes. Uh, some of them twenty two feet and over two hundred pounds. Jeez, um, you know, just monstrous animals that weren't necessarily the happiest in the world. Um, yeah, I, th I think probably the average that I'd worked with maybe maybe sixteen feet, about the size of the two that I've got now. But um, but that's, I mean, that's kind of how my whole thing into reptiles evolved. Um, once I got all that experience mm -hmm. handling, um, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with genetics or morphs or anything like that because I don't breed, and I don't buy for morphs. I look to adopt any chance I get. Um, yeah, it's just like the, the people that when they um, go out to get dogs or something, they don't go to the, you know, $10,000 shelter breeders. They go to the shelter and see which dog needs a home. Right. So that's kind of how I am with my reptiles. You know, I'd, I'd like to first um, find one that, that just needs a place where it can be taken care of. And then whatever morph they are is whatever morph they are. Yeah, I, I love them either way. Right. Uh, so that's. So, so my forte in this whole thing is really handling and behaviors um, with the larger animals, uh, so much more so than genetics. Uh, when somebody sends me a picture and says, what morph is this? I'm like, here, ask this person. <laughs> right. I, you know, speaking of the handling and the, um, you know, the educational component of behavior and all that kind of stuff, you recently got an African rock python. Um, and yeah. you did a little series on, uh, yeah. you know, handling and I'm not gonna, I've watched every one of those episodes, uh, or, or every, yeah, every single one of those. And, um, I, I'm not gonna lie, like in the back of my mind, this is also where I start like right around the time that you started doing this is when I picked it up a notch with like choice based handling. Right. And so as I'm watching this in the back of my mind, I have like, you know, Lori Torini and a lot of like the behavioral yeah. that, that say like, you know, don't force interaction and just, you know, wait for that. And, 
you were doing the opposite. You're like, no, I need to desensitize him. And um, I, I saw the progress kind of moving along as you were going. And I was like, this is really cool. The fact that, you know, they're, they're obviously, you know, from a behavioralist standpoint, um, very valid and, and, you know, empirical studies done to support the idea of, you know, choice-based handling mm -hmm. um, and, and how that can increase trust, you know, Right. And I would like to say that, you know, even if you have a nippy, bitey animal that's young, I, I, that's how I have always kind of done it. It's just I desensitize, I handle and do all that. And, you know, yeah. I moved a little bit away from that. But it was really cool to see that experience that you had. And, and throughout the entire process, getting tagged in the face, getting tagged in the arm, getting tagged in the hand, you're over here just <laughs> educating as it's <laughs> happening. And I'm like, this guy is this guy's the real deal. Um, cool. I, I really liked it. Put life and limb on the line for, for all right. your viewers. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. And Bob, Bob, he got, um, he got a lot of attention. He, he's a bit of a celebrity now. Yep. And every time I pull him out, everybody's amazed at how well behaved he is. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun with him. And, uh, and I didn't see, I was kind of torn too, because, I'm a. I've got a lot of respect for Lori and what she puts out and how she goes about that. And oh, absolutely! I never wanted to come across as implying that she was wrong with yeah. what she was doing because it's another technique and it's a really good technique. Yeah, uh, preferred technique in a lot of cases. Um, you know, especially if you're dealing with a larger animal, because <clears throat> like we was talking about tonight in the live stream, you know, I've been looking for a problem retic close to me that I can go out. And make some videos of working with that animal because it's a whole lot different. Um, when I've got a snake that's this big that can bite me 30, 40 times in the course of 15 minute handling session, and it's fine, as opposed to a 12, 14, 16 foot retake, where you know, if I get up to 15 or 20 bites, I start running out of blood before I'm ready to put the snake away. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the, the only downside of it is people at work or people around you start to ask if you're okay, if you're using, right. Or if you're like, oh, yeah. just like, oh, it yeah. looks like you have puncture wounds all over yeah. you. Um, <laughs> I, I always, I always feel bad for the monitor people because they literally walk <laughs> around with just their arms and hands just torn up. A yeah. Shout out to our sponsor, Ashley over at focus cubed. I don't know if any of you guys have seen her arm, but. Oh, oof. geez. Yeah. She don't smell like one. chicken around your water monitors. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, Niles would tear me up so bad sometimes. I've got a six-foot Nile monitor as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. And oddly enough, there was a while back before I ended up starting with this company, I was transporting from crime and accident scenes for the medical examiner's office. Um, so an interesting profession to say the least yeah but i'm always working around police officers and paramedics and things like that and i'd come off of a handling session with my with my now monitor <laughs> oh geez my arms would be cut and scabbed and i look like a self-mutilator and i can't tell you how many times i'd pull up on scene and i'd just see the cops everybody corner of their eye looking down at my <laughs> arms to the point where I'd pull the picture and the video out of my monitor and I'd be like, this is it, dude. This is what did it. Not me. I swear. I'm they're, they're about to just do a random check at your house. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> I was about ready to call the, call the guys in the white coats and say, okay, but are you okay? Right. Uh, exactly. You feeling okay. Is the job getting to you? <laughs> oh man. Um, 
I, I, so actually before I even go into more reptile stuff, I, I had like a, you know, just a moment that I thought yeah. before, but what, what branch of the military did you serve? As army. Army. And how long did you serve for? Uh, 10 years total. Awesome, man. Appreciate your service. Appreciate it. You, you station, I mean, so when you are going around and, and, you know, you're, you're, you know, like you said, you don't stay somewhere for, for two years. I'm not, I'm not asking about any deployments, but any right, cool right. places where you lived and stationed? Um, Texas. I was out of Fort Hood for a while. Okay. Yeah. Lived out there. Um, before that, um, lived in a little town called Denton up north of Dallas, Fort Worth. And um, then went active duty to Fort Hood. I was stationed at uh, Fort Bragg and Fort Campbell. Okay, cool. I got out. Yeah. So. Awesome. So, uh, and for those of you who don't know, Fort Bragg's out here in North Carolina. Yep. Fort Campbell's in Tennessee. Actually, yeah. Fort Campbell, Kentucky, because headquarters is in Kentucky. Most of the most of the post is in Tennessee. Yeah, I, I you know, working, I used to work at a military family clinic that has different uh, offices around the country, and and the one in uh, Tennessee is the only one that sees people that reside in both states, Kentucky and Tennessee, because right. of that discrepancy there. Right. Um, so what, tell us all what, what reptiles right now are you, do you have, you said a, a water monitor and we know you have a, you know, African rock Python. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Sri Lankan. Oh, um, Sri Lankan. Okay. So yeah. even better. Yeah. Sri Lankan. Um, and those are interesting. They, they were considered a, um, a locality Indian rock Python and apparently they'd been given their own species classification now. Okay. Um, cool. So, and there's only, last I heard, there was only like 20 of them in the country. Um, there, I, I've heard rumors that somebody had had a clutch of them not too long ago. Um, but this snake is with me. It's something that you can't sell across state, state lines. Um, that's what I was told. I haven't verified it yet, but um, it's a unique animal. Um, and it's really a lot of fun to work with, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. um we have a Patreon member um, that that has one, and every single time he posts pictures of it, it's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Nathan, you look confused. You know who I'm talking about? It might be <laughs> the same. Might be the same guy that um, approached me about breeding. Somebody uh, said that they had a female that they was looking at breeding. I was like, well, maybe one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. Which which Patreon member was that? I was confused at that. Uh, and why my mic keeps disconnecting? I need to buy a new uh, USB. Um, Chris. Chris, Chris. It was so long ago. I can't remember if that's the same guy or not. Oh, Shar? No, 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 no. Let me pull up his. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, <laughs> let's see. Constrictor Cove. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Chris Hokey or Hokey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Anyways, Tim, so I we we want to talk a lot about this educational part. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait. He he didn't talk about the Carpondro. You oh, asked him. Oh, about no, yeah. We asked him. We asked him. Yeah. What reptiles? He, yeah, he just got this. And see, I, I think that's... it's so cool looking. And it, it was pretty chill as when he first got it out. Yeah. Yeah. The um, well, I can I can start in here. I've got the Sri Lankan back there, uh, the green tree python, some rough scale green snakes. And the Jagpondro back here, who is the one I just picked up today. It's a Jaguar carpet python, green tree python hybrid. Yeah, that's sick. It is one of the most beautiful animals I've ever seen. 
um, when I got over there and a tub opened up on her, I was just drooling. I was like, ah, it's just an awesome animal. Um, I've got uh, the mainland lavender reticulated python back here, my uh, normal Burmese. I got a boa imperator that lives in the living room. And then I've got two ball pythons, two hog nose, uh, the two big mainlands downstairs, a motley and a purple tiger reed tick that are both 16 feet and between 70 and 80 pounds. Uh, my jungle carpet python, Florida king snake. I know I'm forgetting somebody and I'm going to feel bad about it. <laughs> but I mean, that's about it and then i've got a couple leopard geckos crusty uh, i've got a hedgehog two prairie dogs five i grew rats. up with some hedgehogs I, I have a i have a scar from a prairie dog me too <laughs> <laughs> got Matter bit on bit on the wrist when i was a kid i don't know if you can see it or not yeah right my, mine's pretty hard to see there, there's two Man. little marks on my wrist and hand right here and right here that female prairie dog I've got is the most dangerous animal in the world, man. <laughs> They're nippy. The most, she is. She hates the, me. And it was quick, too. It was just like running around the room, running around the room. And it like just ran yeah. over my hand. And I was just like, what? What? Yeah. My male loves me. I can go in there. He'll jump up on me and we'll hang out. And we're perfectly fine. Oh, and it's not That's a pleasant bite. They take a good chunk out of you. I, they don't let go. Like this, this, this bite right here, I had just had her. I was holding her. I was petting her for about five minutes and I go to, I put my arm down and I go to let her walk into the enclosure. She sinks her teeth in, digs both of her front claws in there, flips over and oh, is still no. hanging on. And I try and lift my arm up and she's hanging off the side of it like this. Jeez. Just like, why do you hate me so much? I, I never I thought I'd connect with someone over a prairie dog bite. This is, <laughs> this is magical. I know, right? bringing up some of nathan's childhood trauma yeah yeah they're they're awesome but um but yeah this one she just doesn't like me for some reason i guess it's cool i'll leave her alone because that shit hurts it's not fun <laughs> but yeah i think you think the only other thing i've got is my uh, argentine black and white tegu okay. oh nice that's so, awesome nice yeah. I, I wanted one of those really like i had like the itch i had the bug for those and and you know, yeah. research and research and learned a bunch about them for like two years and then came yeah. to the decision after two years. It probably just wasn't the right animal for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, uh, she's awesome to work with. She's really good. They're pretty easy for the most part. That's what it seems like. You can, you can get away with pretty like lackadaisy kind of husbandry. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty forgiving as a general rule. So. And if you handle them a lot, they can be they can be tamed. She's a lot easier to handle than Niles was. I know that. So. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So He's been a handful. Question for you: Of all those animals, or the animals that you do like get, like the carpondra, like how many of them? I heard you say that like kind of your thing is you you rescue them. Um. So a, a good amount of those animals rescues. Um. I wouldn't call them rescue. I think that term's overused. In a lot of cases, rehomed. Um, yeah, yeah, rehomed. Um, you know, I kind of call this lavender back here almost a rescue because when I got her, she was in a bad spot. I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah, she was. I mean, the house was empty, roach infested, and she had no heat, no light on her, and um, 
it was just a sad scene. So, I mean, you can call that a rescue. Um, Nathan, see if, you can, see, if, see if you can look on his Instagram right now and see if you can find the like first pictures of that that lavender. I, yeah. I think he I think he posted it on there, but I'll, I'll look. I have I had a similar kind of thing happen to I I found a clutch made of my uh, big Annery girl back here on oh, yeah. cl local classifieds, and this male just had layers and layers of stuck shed. This guy was terrified yeah. of the thing. And I was, I just told him, Hey, I, I have his sister. Like I, right. I've worked with retics for a couple of years. I, I'm sure I can handle this animal. So right. <laughs> let, let me have him for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I think, I think that person just kind of fell on hard times. I mean, yeah, they were moving. The house was empty. You know, they were, she probably had too much stuff going on to worry about her snake. You now, not that it's right. But um, at least she had the presence of mind to get a hold of somebody who knew what they were doing and, and rehome her. Yeah. You know, instead of just throwing her out to the dumpster or something. But that's always um, admirable. You can, yeah. You can yeah, respect I mean, someone that knows they're beyond their means. Yeah. So, you know, I, I try to give people grace and give them the benefit of the doubt any chance I get. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've gotten some snakes from some good people too. My boa imperator. I picked him up. This couple had just had a house fire in the wintertime and their power was off. They were doing their best to keep the animals warm and all that stuff. And he had a pretty good RI when I got him, I uh, got him back and got him on some antibiotics and got him all taken care of. Um, but most of the time, you know, it's people that are, um, they're moving. They don't have time for the animals. They realize they don't invest as much time with them as they thought they would. And they're just looking to rehome them. So, um, that's how, that's how I've gotten most of mine. Yeah. Just got I, people. Yeah. I think there's something, you know, admirable about that. I, I love that you are, are, you know, open to taking in animals from people that, that, you know, even if they're not all rescues and in bad condition, you know, it's, right. it, you know, we're maybe they're not that far away from it. If someone isn't there to kind of bring them in and, and that kind of leads to a very eclectic yeah. collection that you have and and you know what i i just um i just dove into chondros after wanting to keep them for a very very long time and and now that i have another species i'm like i want garter snakes i want yeah. a, i want a berm i want argentine boa i want like i it just right like before it was for the last five and a half years it's been retakes 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 and right. and uh you know still obviously love them to death you know i think oh, the yeah. time yeah, the time that I fall out of love with retics, you know, you guys won't be listening to another episode of this, but, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I just, I, I appreciate people that have diverse collections and, and, you know, yeah. uh, you know, filled their homes with different type of animals. There um, she is. There awesome. she is. <laughs> and when was that? Was that, oh, okay. Yeah. She had, yeah. I remember that she, um, that was the earliest one I found. Yeah, yeah, because D can still see the uh, the marks she had on the scales on her back. So that was mm -hmm. right after I brought her home in quarantine, before she had her first shed. So, yeah, good for you for doing that, man. Um, so back on the education topic, your YouTube, like we were talking about, is is mm -hmm. full of educational stuff. But what I really want to dig into with you is you've been doing some. Uh, educational shows where you go mm -hmm. out to the public and you educate people on 
the, you know, the types of animals that you're bringing, that kind of stuff. So when did mm -hmm. you start doing that and how did you stumble upon that? And I guess like, what was your desire or drive to? Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, it all, it all snowballed really quickly. Um, yeah, the, the reason why I started the YouTube channel is I had all this handling experience with retics and I'd seen all of these people who were breeding them, sending them out there and just not seeing very many of these snakes really reaching adulthood. See a lot of people posting pictures of their babies, but you've only got a couple people posting pictures of their 14, 16, 18 foot snakes, which leads most of us to believe that they're just not living that long. You know, I don't know too many people that don't have that have, you know, large constrictors that aren't always posting stuff of them if they're healthy and they're well taken care of and all that. So, so I, I just seen a need there in this little niche of, you know, helping people learn how to read their behavior, um, helping them learn how to handle them, helping to show, um, you know, what they're going to need as they get bigger and stuff. And, um, so I did that for a little while. Um, and I think I'm, I've just reached my second year anniversary on the channel. Um, congratulations. So, that that's a huge milestone every year oh, that sure. you're consistently uploading content. Like that's, that's yeah. big. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a struggle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we know, know it, Lucas? Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man, it, it is all worth it. And the thing that keeps me going is, is, you know, I can go into the comments and there's always somebody in there saying, you know, I, I didn't have to get rid of my snake because I watched your videos. You know, my, we're getting along so much better now. He's not biting me and all this other stuff. Um, so, you know, I, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going. And then, um, so after about a year of having the channel, and kind of getting used to talking with people about it. I was like, you know, I think a good thing would be to go out to a park with one of my animals and just set up out there by myself. And, you know, take a 16 foot retic out there and people will walk by, they'll stop, they'll ask questions. And, you know, doing it generally just to help educate the public that otherwise wouldn't be exposed to them, you know. Um, are these people that are voting on, on reptile bans, you know, they're members of the general public too and they don't have any experience ever seeing any of these animals mm -hmm. so i was thinking well we'll get some good exposure out there and so i go to the park director out here in greensboro and i asked her for permission to just set up a table out there away from everybody and she's like well yeah that's i mean that's fine but we've got this event coming up maybe you can get a hold of their event coordinator and see if they would want you to fall in with them and be part of their event so i was like oh well yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I contacted him and I was like, well, I wanted to get some people. We had a fledgling Carolina Herpetological Society out here. Uh, so I wanted to involve all of those folks in it as well, you know, because, um, uh, you know, we've got some really awesome folks out here. So I just called everybody up, said, hey, do you want to participate in this? And they was like, yep. So I had probably five or six different people come down. All of them brought their animals and we cordoned off a little section and just did it as a group. And, you know, at this event, people were coming by. It was, it was so well received that, um, that we just started doing more of them. Uh, 
you know, I went from there talking to a, uh, a city park director, said I wanted to set up and do something in the park at some point. That um, escalated into us um, setting up to do a summer camp for him. Now, uh, so, and then, and then because of that, I get a phone call from a children's museum out here that wanted us to come out and participate in their reptile week. So it's like you, you go into it at first really hesitant and not sure what to ask, not sure what's going to happen. And I realized that there's such a thirst for this stuff out there with people. Um, it, it was so well received and, um, everybody was so appreciative of us being out there. Um, the whole interaction, um, like I said, I've got, I've got some folks out here that are just amazing. Cody Allen from CNA Exotics, Aubrey Pruitt's out here. Um, Robin, Robin, um, Jeremy and Rob from nerd had moved down here to North Carolina as well. Yep. Yep. Um, Christina Hill, who is uh, the backbone of a lot of folks, she's in the Discord. We love Christina. Yeah, yeah. Her and her husband Jim have been out there. So we would get all of these people out there together. Everybody bringing three, four animals, and before you know it, we've got twenty different species laid out that everybody can can come through and see. And uh, like I said, it just—it's something I couldn't do by myself. You know, I could maybe take a couple snakes out there, but to, to put on the events like we do, it's, you know, I coordinate it. I get everything lined up and I talk with everybody, um, but it's, it's equal parts on everybody else that participates. And it's really a lot of fun. Um, the insurance um, isn't bad. I got a presenter's insurance for it because um, as you get into bigger, bigger organizations, they ask for it. But um, also, not but yeah, a bad I mean, idea to do in general. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, it's it all started with me just walking up to a park director and saying, "Hey, can I take my snake to the park?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, yeah. I'm going to talk about some of the education I've done, but Lucas, I kind of want to switch the focus to you a little bit right now. Uh, what education have you done in terms of uh, uh, your snake collection? Yeah, so that that that's like that was a very big driving force of me wanting to get Tim on here after I recently saw that post uh of the one that you did, what was it, 2 days ago? Mm. Or you, you Are you talking about a post talking about an upcoming event? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that that was um that was actually a little uh premature. I I talked with somebody who had invited me out to Indiana to do a presentation at a show in uh in january but apparently it was overbooked the promoter said there wasn't gonna be room or anything like that but it, it kind of fell on the heels of they seen the video that i put out of the reptile expo here in durham um this past sunday um they uh called me up and asked if i'd go out and do a presentation out there so i took okay. my snakes and, and did right. a retake presentation at the show me reptile show Somebody else seen it and uh, we're planning something else for down the road, but, but that was the first one that I'd done at an actual reptile expo that um, went over really well as well. well awesome. What I'm getting from Tim overall is just put yourself out there. Right. Yeah. And that, that's so where I'm at is I, I have yet to like actually go and do, and you know, I've, I've you know, I, I've, 
I've been in my backyard and a neighbor has seen a snake and they, you know, ask me about it and we end up talking for like an hour and, you know, by the end of it, they're, they're holding the snake. Um, but that, that's, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, I, I have not been able to do any educational events and that's something that I've always, you know, in the back of my mind, I've wanted to work towards. And I think where I'm going to end up going with it is. I think I'm going to wait for my daughter to be a little bit older so I can pull her with me and it be like a family thing and us go out and do it because yeah. my time right now is super limited and you know, I'm only off one day a week that my wife is also off. Mm -hmm. So that day is typically family day that we spend with our daughter. Right. So, um, so once she's old enough for me to, you know, I'm sure my wife would love the opportunity to have a day by herself. Um, and, and so, you know, I, right. th I'll probably start to do that around then. And, and, you know, even, um, Sean who comes over, Sean is, um, he's 15 and, and he actually, um, he works with, uh, a couple really nice pet stores here and he'll do events. Like he goes out and, and gets some of their animals, um, for like, you know, our local church nearby, those kind of things. And mm. every single time he's asked me to do it, it's on a Thursday at noon when I'm working. Uh, <laughs> right. So, and I, I talked to his mom actually not too long ago and I said, Hey, like, let me know in advance when the next one is. Cause I'll take a day off and mm. I'll be more than happy to go. So that's probably where I'll end up getting my feet wet. That'll probably be my first experience. Right. I mean, don't discredit your, your just community outreach and having Sean help with the collection. And, you know, mm. uh, I mean, you, you've done some education. It's just maybe not as public as. Yeah, not public education. I mean, yeah, not, this 15 year old, you know, was as clean as can be when it came to retics. And he can take every single one of my snakes out besides, you know, the only snake I don't allow him to is the F1 Slayer. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. She, so, yeah, start letting girl. her out. I've met Sean. He's ready for it. I think he did I, I don't a lot know of what your hesitation is. Right. Plenty uh, of views on that video. <laughs> I, I think Sean is maybe more capable than I am. So you might want to just let him at it. Yeah, no, this, this, uh, Tim, this 15 year old is like six foot tall, like 205 pounds. Like he's a big right. dude. Oh yeah. He's fine. He's um, got plenty of blood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so Lucas, what I'm getting, what I'm hearing from you then is we have our next theme for the Brian Cusco 2.0 interview is, how to educate with uh, a family and balancing all that. But right. right. Yeah. I, I, and aside from Sean, you know, I just recently had someone else. His name is James. He's, uh, you know, yeah. in his mid twenties and he started coming over maybe a couple weeks ago and he's helping Sean at, out at a crucial time. May I add? Oh yeah. Cause we got babies on the way and all that good stuff. Wait, was he not the one that helped with the turnate? Oh no, 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 no. Turnate. That, oh, was, okay. that was Casey. Um, okay, my Casey, bad. Casey Gagne, he actually lives not too far from me, and he's also active in the retake community. But um, yeah. yeah, no, this is a dude that Casey's worked with hots and all that stuff. So if he gets bit by a retake, he doesn't care. Um, <laughs> For some reason, I thought that was who we were talking about. But no, so James is pretty memory. clean as well. He's you know has a hog nose ball python. You know he has like kind of those entry level basic animals and he has been you know digging into retics and learning about them for a year and he found our podcast actually and uh one of the episodes he said he was watching and and i mentioned that i was in san antonio and he was like what and so he he pulled up my social media and he reached out to me and have him over here and what's really cool is he'll come over and he'll help us and i'll be doing one thing while 
Sean and him are doing something else. And this 15 year old Sean is literally just like teaching this guy and I'm listening to him talk. And, and, you know, a lot of it is the things that I've taught him, but a lot of it is like just his experience with working with the snakes and everything. And I'm like, Oh, this dude's set like this 15 year old, if he, uh, and, and he knows more about like general reptiles and amphibians than, you know, anyone I've ever met every single time he comes over, he's like, Hey, have you ever seen a, and then throws out this like 20 word Latin name. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I I, I haven't tell me about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as educating, you know, those two, I would say I'm, I'm doing that with, and you know, my neighbor, but I definitely want to get into the public stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of like what I've done, I just, you know, I, I already work at a school teaching hair. So whenever it's warm enough here in Utah, there's usually one or two days a year that I'll bring out one of my bigger animals and, you know, right. just bring it to the back of the building and you know, have some of the students, both the day and night students, when they're kind of transitioning, come out and whoever's brave enough, I guess, yeah. comes up and uh, deals with the animals. But I mean, it's cool because once you see a couple of the people open up and start getting hands on with the animals, you start to see the ones that are standing 15, 20, 30 feet away, yeah. move in and move in, yeah. start taking pictures and go... Oh, maybe I can get a hand on this or maybe I can get my quick picture before this animal turns on me like they think. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Picture was taken 15 minutes before it wrapped me up and ate me. Yeah. So I really (laughs) love doing stuff like that. Uh, You know, doing hair. If we ever have artistic shoots, I always try to find a way to, you know, shoehorn one of the snakes into the shoot. Um, But uh, I've also got to do some local expos. I'm one of the admins of our, uh, we, it's called the Wasatch uh, Reptile and Invertebrate Keepers uh, community here in Utah. Cool. Uh, and we usually set up a booth at our local reptile shows. So, you know, if I can, I'll bring out one of the big cages, bring out one of the big girls and, yeah. uh, you know, let people get hands on them and they're generally pretty good and it's fun like i have pictures of little little kids with nine foot retics wrapped around them with the biggest smiles on their face so uh you know education is just a big part of my life and you know hearing how you've reached out to people and expanded on your outreach i think Mm -hmm. that's something i want to try to maybe incorporate into my keeping a little bit yeah it's really man it's I remember the first, you know, the first time I set one of these things up, I'm sitting there the whole time, like going, okay, what am I going to say? Yeah. It's not like I'm shy or anything. I mean, being in the military, we give classes about anything. And my commander would come up, he'd be like, what do you know about this particular thing? I'd be like, nothing. He'd be like, well, learn it. Cause you're giving a class on it tomorrow. <laughs> like, okay, Roger says, we got it. <laughs> you know, so, but um, man, I'll tell you that the, the keys that I've found, you know, it's real easy once you start and once everybody starts coming, it's just easy because we don't have to be experts. You know, we don't have to know, you know, we don't have to be the Kevin McCurley's of, of snakes in order to sit down with a layman and say, don't, don't touch its head yet. You know, <laughs> and they I, I, th- so I think really- one of the most important lessons I've learned as an educator is, you know, educate on what you know. And mm-hmm. if people ask about what you don't know, don't be ignorant and telling them that yeah. you don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it, I've, I've never really. Well, I mean, I take that it, back. It, Every now and then, somebody will come up with some really off the wall, higher level question, and yeah, you know, I've just got to be like, hey, man, I just, I just handle big snakes. I don't know, but we can find out. I, I don't know, but let's find out together. That's exactly. that's that yeah. instills so much more trust than oh, yeah. just trying to bullshit your way through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the, I, the the thing that works really well with building rapport is i've just got i've got that briefing that i give to everybody at the beginning of it because like none of these people know what to expect all i do is i'm telling them hey man i'm bringing big lizards big tortoises big snakes and we're just gonna move in and take over this room for you <laughs> and they don't really know what to expect especially the guys at the park out here he was just like he was so nervous i could tell because he's like man i hope i hope none of these kids get hurt or eaten or anything um but you just, you know, you put everybody's mind at ease. You give them the big safety brief, um, you know, tell them what to do, what not to do, and have enough chaperones to make sure the kids don't, you know, just jump on the snakes and stuff. Then, and, and it's just fun. And it just, just seeing people interacting with them and stuff. It's a great time. I, I'm wondering, um, you know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of the education it's, you know, it is educational, but it's a lot of like our experiential. And I feel like a lot of what they are also gathering is just how we're interacting and, and, you know, our passion when we talk about these animal kind of just radiates. Right. So we can, I, I feel like even if like, we're not the most like, or if anyone's not the most educated on it, but they, they keep you know, a large animal like that. I think just passion alone on talking what they yeah. do know and just, uh, can, can do a lot, but I have a question for you. What, what's the, what's like the general, um, I, I guess like the audience's reaction and, you know, like our, I, I'm curious just kind of how the public, you know, reacts to a lot of the shows that you do. Cause again, I've never done one. So I'm, I'm curious to see right. how that is. It's just, it's, it's fascination in a lot of cases, you know? It really is, especially when you get the bigger snakes out there, man. People just, they'll sit back and they'll look at them. There'll be people out there that don't want to get anywhere near them. And that's cool. You know, there's no Like I said, after after a little bit of time, you see them inch closer. Yeah. Yeah, you will. You know, if nothing else, then to come get their kid because their kid's not afraid. And (laughs) and they're terrified that their kid's going to get eaten. So they run up and grab them. No, I mean, I I don't even think I remember seeing a, a really a negative response yet. Um, you know, some people get really academic about it and they, they want to start asking questions about where they're from and what they eat and stuff like that. And then you get a lot of other people, they're just sitting back and they're going, Oh my God, this is cool. But, you know, one of the things like I was talking about with the legislators and the and, uh, commissioners and everybody that are making the laws against these things, <clears throat> you know, if you take one person who's sitting there getting ready to vote on something, who's never seen anything except the Python hunter down in Florida. And then you've got the other guy over there who just the past weekend was sitting with two, 300 other people watching somebody having a 16 foot snake lick their face and roll around their shoulders and stuff like that. And, and show the difference between the two perceptions of those animals. Then, I mean, that's, that's a core group of people that we want to reach. Oh, those are the people that are going to be voting. Well, well, they're not all killers. I've, I've seen how they interact with them. I seen how close, these people are with their animals, you know, and um, no, maybe we shouldn't ban them. So, right. That's a really big part of why I want to do more of them in more places and bigger ones, you know, 
Yeah, I think while we're on the topic, because you mentioned legislation, you were just on your YouTube channel doing a live and I saw, you know, I, I, I was rapping presence and I wasn't able to, right. to jump on, but I did see part of the title talking about US ARC and, and legislation that came into place. Would yeah. you like to go ahead and kind of just talk about just for additional awareness, you know, right. what's going on? Louisiana is the latest one. Um, now, I haven't looked in detail on this one. I've read through the U.S. ARC alert, and I haven't read the entire proposal yet. They've got the link on there. If you go to the U.S. ARC, anybody familiar with, and by the way, anybody watching this, you're interested in reptiles, get your U.S. ARC membership. It's 40 bucks a year. Just do it. Don't argue about it. Um, <laughs> but no, the, I, um, I, I agree. We've always said here as well, like if someone is not able to do it, like reach out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got all kinds of people out here that'll do it for you. Um, but uh, what was it? There's a Burmese python ban. There's several species that are banned. Um, they've reduced the length of a snake that you can keep from 12 foot to 8 foot. Um, there's just a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, a lot of progressive stuff that uh, um, probably isn't going to be all that good. Um, I didn't see anything like reticulated pythons or anacondas. There we go. On there, um, I think really they're just jumping on the Burmese python bandwagon for the most part. I, I did I did read one part that they were talking about. Um, basically, what they were talking about uh, was also um, considering Lacey Act animals that yeah, were already on the Lacey Act. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that, that would cover you know, retics and, and, you know, the, the five that are, you know, the big right. five or six that are on there. Anything right. list, listed as dangerous. Right. Yeah. It yeah, really, sh really shitty time. And, and of course they always slip this into a piece of legislation that has absolutely nothing to do with, mm -hmm. you know, snakes, you know, they're, they're sneaky like that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's frustrating, but fortunately from what I've been able to observe is um, at least since 2019 is, is any, any large piece of legislation that has nothing to do with reptiles, but tries to sneak in these Lacey Act things or tries to sneak in these things. Um, they, they have not gone through now. That's not to say that they will never. So don't get mm -hmm. complacent again. Right. Um, you know, for those of you in Louisiana, um, you know, reach out to your legislators and, um, you know, or anybody in general, really. But I, I think it's important that um, we, we take every single one, you know, like, like yeah. red, it's like very serious until, yeah. you know, it's, it hasn't been voted for. And, you know, I, I think that tying things into what you're doing out in the public and educating and, and desensitizing people's fear to see that mm -hmm. these, these snakes are not, you know, man eaters or, or these ferocious, crazy, um, you know, animals, um, right. You know, because I, I think all three of us have been able to experience, you know, retics specifically. Man, there are mm -hmm. some retics that are are just puppy dogs that are just like the best type of mm -hmm. pet, right? Like obviously, oh, yeah. if you have the space and size uh, to house it, but yeah, they they can just be amazing. Well, and there's some you were talking about interesting timing and all of that with with this. If you look here, I mean. It's talking about snakes over 12 feet, but it also mentions the new length would be eight feet. 
Mm-hmm. So that that rules out a lot of animals. Yeah, I mean, like even rat snakes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> rats. You, we're I mean, talking about so many colubrids, boas. I mean, yeah, it, the list goes on. That eight that's pretty. Not a big snake. No, not at all. I no, mean, eight foot, and I tell people that all the time. My smallest fits su- in your hand. My smallest super dwarf females are still getting over eight feet. Eight feet, yeah. and those are pretty small animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and this—I mean—the important weird. part, like like Lucas was saying, is that you know you can't sleep on this stuff because no. laws laws function on precedent, and you know if you allow precedent to be set, this stuff just going to snowball. You know, you get a couple couple states to get this stuff through, and they catch U.S. Ark sleeping and the community sleeping. You know, let a couple states really roll some of this stuff over, and you know, it's just going to keep going. So, you know, we've seen that we can impact it. That was one of the things that I was talking about earlier is, you know, even as as big of a battlefield as Florida is for us, I mean, we had such a big win over uh, the Chris Coffee situation, you know? Yeah, that and, was huge. Yeah, I mean, the win consisted almost entirely of forging a better relationship with FWC down there, you know, even, even as... Uh, as uh, questionable as some of them still are. I mean, at least they put the moratorium on killing animals. Um, and we had that white throat monitor here recently that got killed as a, as a result of not the entire organization being on board, but that's, that's understandable, you know? Um, so that's one thing when I was talking with Daniel from USR Florida, he's like, you know, we can't, we can't go back and try and re-crucify FWC the same way we did over the Chris Coffee event because the relationship has improved a lot. You know, they made a mistake on this one. Mistakes are going to happen. We got to understand that, and you know, just keep working with them to make it better. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to education, and you you would like that. You know, you would like to think that they are educated. You know, when that white throat monitor, you know, when that first came out, you know, FWC put out an announcement and they they mislabeled it as a black throat, right? And Mm -hmm. so, um, like they they just like. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I will say the the hobby side of things knows so much more than so many professional, you know, and, yeah. and, and even by, you know, people in biology and things like that, that, you know, are studying snakes and stuff. You know, we we have a very, um, you know, we I, I feel like as a reptile community, when we like a species, we get obsessive over it and we learn a lot about these animals and, yeah. you know, and. You know, I can't stand some of the things that FWC has said and they've done, and it puts a horrible taste in my mouth. And I would like to add that uh, if we only meet them with hostility, their progress won't be made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they do need to be educated. They need to become aware of more things. And I think that, like you yeah. said, you know, if we're able to continue to bridge the gap and, and make relationship with them instead of viewing them as, you know, enemy yep. – it's going to do us all well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My understanding is that the director out there, um, you know, his, his initial moratorium on, on euthanasia was verbal, you know, department wide. Um, And I guess as a result of this, he's going back and getting everything written regulations put in that, you know, we're not going to be euthanizing animals and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's he's at least able to admit that a mistake was made and and take steps towards correcting that even further you know so um 
but I mean, yeah, it's, it's again, it's the relationship thing, man. Yeah. I mean, we're not even a year removed from that situation. So, I mean, we just have to give it time and keep talking with the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely still stings for us. Um, Right. But, you know, I want to ask you real quick. um, You know, I kind of want to shift over to things on, on the, you know, we talked about public education, talking about educating, even FWC, things like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've talked about how your YouTube is, is educational in nature, but I kind of want to pick your brain about your YouTube channel. Okay. Um, you've, you've had amazing growth for only being on for two years. And, and it seems like it's the organic growth where a lot of the people that are coming to your channel are into reptiles because you know, and I'm not bashing anybody that has done this or, or, you know, it's happened to them, but you know, some people will, you know, they, they'll within six months get up to 30 K subscribers because they, you know, they're posting just shorts and one of the shorts goes viral, that kind of stuff. But what mm-hmm. I see a lot in your post and the videos you do is you have a lot of engagement, a lot of activity. Um, your, your subscriber base is phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. um, I just like kudos to you for doing that. And what, what's helped you with your YouTube being successful? Um, cause it's actually, my, my goal is actually education. Um, I mean, uh, a secondary goal for me is, you know, getting a big enough presence to where I can get this thing to generate enough income that I can start putting it back into the hobby in the form of facilities um, more rescue capabilities, more educational capabilities, doing it full time. Um, you know, ultimately that's where I'd like to see it go. But, um, you know, my very first video that I put out was just talking about how to read a reticulated Python's behavior, because if you're going to have them, you got to know it. And I, I just really try to keep everything focused about either really pertinent news or something that people can actually use with their animals to help better their relationship with it. Um, instead of doing, I mean, cause I'm not much of a performer <laughs> and, and um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm never going to be David Letterman or anything like that, but um, you know, I, I've got a unique ability to communicate and some unique skills and I'm just really extremely honest with everybody. Um, I don't try and act like I know everything, but if I know something, you're not going to change my mind unless you bring a mountain of evidence because that's how I learned it. Right. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't bend over if somebody puts pressure on me or something like that, you know, I'm open to discuss stuff. I keep it positive. I kick the trolls out. Um, and you know, people come to see different, you know, see different things with these animals in action. And, uh, and I think that's why I get such a good following because I do keep it positive. And, um, you know, I try and teach something and everything that helps people not get bit or take care of their animals better and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's obviously there's, there's always going to be a, a huge draw to channels that, you know, the interaction is happening then and there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I think that, that also plays a large part is, you know, when you do your lives, um, your, your lives are popping and, and, um, yeah. you know, I, I would say, you know, Nathan and I, you know, I think we've done maybe two or, or 
maybe three lives. And I think that, you mm -hmm. know, we get a lot of interaction and, you know, our subscriber count typically goes up when we do those type of yeah. lives. Um, but I, I think that, you know, like you said, being genuine and honest and, and keeping things positive is a very mm -hmm. good foundation. Um, aside, yeah. you know, obviously with the overall theme of education, um, yeah. but it, it's, it's a nice refreshing channel to mm -hmm. tune into. So if you guys haven't already, um, you know, go ahead and check out intrepid exotics on YouTube. Um, you know, he's on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Um, mm -hmm. but a, a, it's, I mean, just a great channel overall. Um, and again, it goes back to like kind of that eclectic collection, right? So, you know, you're not, you're not just geared towards one viewer base, right? You have several mm -hmm. different animals and, and, you know, um, you know, for people following a lot of like green tree pythons, you know, your stuff's going to land in their feed. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that, that you are, you're doing a phenomenal job and it's been really cool. Your, your growth, I think even just in the last year has exponentially yeah. just jumped up and I, I'm happy that that's happened to you because there's, there's, you know, it, it's, it's nice to see someone with good intentions, wanting to better the community, get the success that's coming from it. Um, mm -hmm. versus the success that comes from the clickbaity and the biting stuff and the, the sensationalism yeah. that comes with owning, you know, reptiles. And, um, yeah. you know, I think everyone knows, you know, a couple of people off the top of their head when I talk about right. sensationalism. Right. But, um, you're, you're doing it the right way. You're doing it well. And, and, um, even though you have, you know, again, videos with, with getting bit and everything, your, your reactions have been phenomenal to them and, it's, it's all educating as part of the way. And, and, you know, a lot of people are very much against like any form of like bite videos and things like that. And the thing I, I yeah. you know, I, I think like posting bite videos a, with a purpose, right? Yeah. Like I think when people post a picture of their hand and they're bleeding and they're like, Oh, my snake bit me and that's it. Right. Like, yeah. don't, well, like don't do that. Right. But like, if yeah. you have a video and you're working with an animal and you're getting bit and you keep that post and that video up, I, you're showing them so many things you're showing them. It's not the end of the world. The snake's not mm -hmm. trying to kill you. You're teaching them it's scared. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you're doing, doing awesome things. So I uh, just thank appreciate you for that. what you're doing for the reptile community. I appreciate that. Yeah. We're working on it and keep, keep trying to, uh, come up with enough ideas to draw enough attention, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I my, I always intended that the channel was going to grow slowly. Um, I didn't expect it to take off to a hundred thousand subs or anything like that overnight. Um, yeah. Cause I want a quality base of people there. And I, you know, yeah, the I, reason why, yeah, the reason I'm why I started doing way. exactly. Yeah. Um, the reason why I started going back to doing every Saturday night at eight o'clock, whether I had anything to say or not, is that I do have that base of people that follow me really closely that, you know, and we enjoy communicating back and forth. We communicate back and forth on Facebook all the time. And I just want everybody on the channel to have access to me for that one hour, at least a week, whether I can put out a video or not. And, um, and that's one of some of the feedback that I've gotten back from that is that, you know, I go through and I acknowledge every comment and every question in there. Um, you know, it gets to the point where if they're talking amongst themselves, then I'll leave that out. But anything that's that's pertinent or directed towards me i try and engage with everybody let them be heard and let their quiet and everybody has a better feeling of involvement you know like like they actually mean something you know 
instead of just knowing that, okay, well, the only way this person's going to answer my question is if I give them 20 bucks. Um, <laughs> right. no, yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I think that, um, you know, Nathan and I have, have, you know, talked to the idea of trying to make it a little bit more of a, cause I mean, Nathan and I have talked after doing lives and everything. It is so much more fun and engaging to have yeah. a, an audience watching them interact in the comments in addition to asking questions and being able to answer them. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I'm definitely, uh, well, and even what Tim said, it takes a little bit of the pressure off. I mean, even if he does, doesn't get to produce that like once a week bit of content, he still gets to interact with his base. Yeah. Even if he has nothing to say, they're going to have something to say and something to interact off of. So it's, mm -hmm. it's never like you're, you're short of content. It's, it's always right. out there. Someone always has something they're, they're curious about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had live streams before where I get on and I'm sitting there yawning the whole time. I'm like, this. I'm like anybody got anything you want to talk about? Cause I'm really afraid you're going to bed. We, we all work like, hard to be here, man. It, 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 that, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, I, I don't know. Man. It, people appreciate that, I think. And, 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 you know, the, the financial side of it will come as more people, you know, right now I'll, I'll have 30 to 50 or so people on there um, while I'm just bumping my gums and going through questions and all that <laughs> stuff. When I get to the point where I've got four or 500 people on there, you know, that's when I might have to knock it down to, okay, I'm only reading super chats guys because there's 500 of you friggers in there. Right. Um, but you know, at that point too, I'll have a lot more going on by the time I get that big. You know, I'm going to have a facility that I'm doing and walkthroughs and all kinds. I'll be doing something other than sitting in my office or my, or my reptile room, you know? So have, right. you, have you been doing TikTok at all? I haven't. I don't know how to do the Wednesday dance. Uh, you, 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 might, you might want to. <laughs> there, there's a local breeder here in Utah. Shout out Luxor Reptiles. Yeah. Um, his wife, Kennedy, over there, who helps him run the collection. She's on TikTok all the time. And man, like... I've seen so much growth from them and yeah. as resistant as Lucas and I are to TikTok, I, I mean, eventually we might have to bite the bullet. I'm not, I, I'm not quite, I don't have the mass for that. No matter <laughs> what how are you I talking try. about, Tim? Maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're making me want to go ago, to the gym right now. <laughs> maybe 20, 30 years ago when I was, um, when I was fighting and all that other stuff, I might've come closer, but you, you were fighting. Sorry to, take it totally off the rails but <laughs> yeah yeah i am uh i like i lived in a martial arts school my first two years out of high school what'd um, you train uh it was a it was pretty much an open system um the basis of our training was aikijitsu muay thai and goju karate it was a combination okay. of those disciplines uh we had black belts from any system would train there with us had kung, kempo guys kung fu guys all that stuff um, so I lived there for a couple of years and, um, when my instructor died, I went to work at the prison, the maximum security prison at 19 years old. Wow. And I was kickboxing at the same time. So that was, um, plus I, uh, was getting ready to go into basic training, all that stuff. And I used to drink a little bit and fight a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was another life. 
man if we if we if we dig deep with tim we could go for you know a handful of episodes oh man yeah i'll tell you what i i know lucas and i had a very brief exchange about how troublesome i have found that i am for um psychiatrists and folks in that typical (laughs) profession um we we always veterans veterans are fun man (laughs) I, i always had a way to get through but they're fun yeah, I'm, <laughs> my, my mind is a little, it can be a scary place sometimes, but like I said, that was a life from another time. Right. I think, I think that's everyone, but especially when you, you deal with traumas like that, that, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I appreciate the martial arts side of things. I I've been yeah. out of, you know, Kung Fu Tai Chi practice for a while, but I, I did Kung Fu four or five years and got to my black belt and you know i stopped going because you know collection grew i was i started producing clutches and you know now my my knees are you know i i I can feel like when i'm not in there and and, you know i'm getting back into the gym so my knees strengthening up but um Mm -hmm. you know i i definitely i i know i need surgery but i know that if i get back into training and stuff it strengthens it up to where you know Mm -hmm. i can i can live without it because last thing i want to do is get another knee surgery and you know that's mm. not a fun thing to happen when you have a, a garage full of retakes it's no it's not i had i had an acl reconstruction and it <clears throat> as soon as as soon as i severed my acl it just i mean i went a long time in active duty with no acl in my left knee um i'm surprised Goggins over here oh man it's i i, I went through airborne air assault school special forces selection twice oh jeez. um the small unit tactics phase of sf ace um our friggin q course um and then six months of the medical course um all with no acl in my in my left knee plus a bosnia and an iraq deployment so when i got back from iraq in 2004 man i took a month off took a month leave and then the very first morning back to work, we're out in the PT field and I get started running. My body said, nope, you're not, not about it. <laughs> Game over, son. Yep. You ever so jump was... out of planes without your ACL? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, like I think, yeah. miserable, man. Yeah. Everything, I mean, everything strengthened around it. Just like you say, you know, if you work it, your body's going to modify itself to support oh, yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, that's like my first time through special forces selection. Um, I'm out in the woods in the middle of the night, rucking, and um, you know it's pine forest out here in North Carolina, so they they have forest fires out there periodically, and the stumps burn down into the ground, and then the holes get covered with leaves, and I'm rucking through the woods with my little rucksack oh, no. on, and fell into one of them things, hyperextended my leg a little bit. And yep, I know that feeling. I, I broke off a tree, a little sapling, and, and hobbled my ass to the road, and just sat there imagining what it was going to be like pulling my roster number off and quitting. Jeez. Like, dude, this is going to suck so bad. I like, but I know if I kept going, I was just going to destroy my leg, and right. I was done anyway. So, right. So yeah, yeah, man. I had to rip it off. I rehabbed and went back six months later and got selected, but. I I think that, you know, our, 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 you know, our, our mind wants to keep going. Our body definitely is is always going to tell us when, when it's time. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see some of the things that people would fight through. I remember this one guy from Oklahoma. He was like six foot 50. Um, you know, he looked like he was 15 years old and just, just the coolest guy. 
really soft-spoken, always had a smile on his face. And I remember we was out here at uh, Camp McCall, and we're passing each other on a trail. And I look down, and the jungle boots have got little vents on the side of them so that the water will exit. And every step he took, blood was shooting out of those vents because oh, his feet were so bad. <laughs> And when we get back to our bivouac site and stuff at the end of the day, man, he's taking the rolls of duct tape off of his feet and putting the gauze and then his socks and then some more duct tape for the next day and just squirting blood out of his boots. Never heard him complain one time. Another day at the office. Yep. I'd walk by him and he just got a big shitty grin on his face. (laughs) Oh my. Jeez, man. Some yeah. people definitely are on another you, level. Yeah, you, you just you just meet some people with some heart, like like you would not believe out there. It's yeah. really cool. Tim, man, um, I want to thank you for coming on again. And um, you know, before we go ahead and and have you head out, um, I want to give you an opportunity. You know, we talked a lot about educational events, but if you could just give like your, you know, to kind of round up, if someone is wanting to get started, or if you have any advice to give someone who's wanting to do educational events, you know, what, what would you say to these people on how to get started on that? And then, you know, at the end of that, if, if we haven't touched on any of the social medias and stuff or anything that, that you where people can find you go ahead and throw that in there as well. Okay. Well, the social media, you guys got covered. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, you know, I'd really like to hit 10,000 subs on a YouTube channel. So get over there and knock that out. You're well on your way, my friend. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I don't suspect by this time next year that you won't be there. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I can get all my little things tweaked out here and get the channel quality up and, and make that happen. But um, you know, from an educational perspective, first I mean it kind of goes along with the briefings that I give everybody when I start. First of all, you, you've got to be able to protect the safety of the people at the event. You got to be able to protect the health of your animals and you just got to be able to control your environment that you're in out there. <clears throat> and as long as you can do that stuff, it's really simple. Um, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a biologist. Um, you know, we always take out animals that are socialized um, that are used to handling. You don't take anything out there that's questionable. If you do take anything out there that's questionable, you have it roped off and don't let anybody get close to it while you're working with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't take any venomous out. I could in some cases and someday I may do it, but they will be, you know, highly secured enclosures and just for people to see. Um, what else is there? Um, you know, the insurance stuff's pretty easy to work around and it's real, it's really good. I mean, if you can get a group of three or four people that are at the same level you're at or higher, um, and everybody bring two or three animals, it makes it so much easier on everybody. And the crowd gets a lot more diverse view of, you know, the different reptiles and stuff. Um, I mean, if, if you can do that, it's really not too bad. You've just got to make sure that you're being honest with yourself and you know your animals and you know how to handle them because the absolute last thing that we need is for somebody to go out and say, man, you know, I got a 20-foot snake. I can take it out there. But that snake's never been around anybody else. It gets out there. It gets freaked out. You're not as good a handler as you think you are because you've worked with one snake before. 
and it gouges some kid. Yeah. Right. Um, it's ever, uh, one small moment that can change everything. Yes. Yeah. You ever see a retake touch grass for the first time? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like don't don't take a don't take a snake out to a park event if it hasn't been on grass before. Right. It, it's a whole like overstimulation is what ends yeah. up happening to those animals. I've seen yes. it before. Um, yep. you, yeah. Even a, the first time I take my retics outside for the summer after they've been inside mm -hmm, all winter. Mm hmm. The first day that I take them across that threshold of that door, they latch onto me for dear life and don't want to touch the ground because they're so used to that. Yep. So, I mean, it just, you know, it's not difficult, but you, you do have to make sure that, that if you're doing it, you know how to manage the animals properly. And, um, you know, you can look at, uh, you know, I've got a couple of videos out there, some events that we've done. So that can be a, um a guideline too where he kind of shows <clears throat> there's one of them that shows me kind of giving the briefing to all the kids and the staff out there and then um aubrey and cody and myself and christine and um chris salisbury was out there with us um you know of course christine and jim jeremy was out there for a little while but um you know it just shows all of us interacting with the kids and kind of how everything goes down i, yeah, I see so. i see christina out there with like 20 different species of isopods and like <laughs> yeah she um, loves it man she just she loves loves that stuff and, oh absolutely um, yeah yeah she's a so, big big resource on that uh yeah. tim any anything besides the ten thousand subs that you're excited for on this new year on the on the channel i mean or, any anything that you've got going on in life i mean just wrapping up tonight um I mean, we're going to, I think we're releasing this right before the new year. Am I wrong? Really? Lucas? No. Yeah. No. I mean, so what? Today's the 24th, 24. So, and yesterday was the 20. Yeah. So we'll be releasing on the 30th. Yeah. Okay, cool. So cool. Well, we've got the timeline still a little up in the air and the details, but hopefully by summer we will be in a larger place um with larger amount of land uh much larger reptile room so i can start doing some <clears throat> enclosure build videos as i build out another enclosure for an asian water monitor and the uh, um, green anaconda enclosure nice. and things like that so that's that's kind of what i foresee as being what may end up catapulting everything forward a lot because once i get enough room to put in the things that I want to be able to exemplify the type of enclosures that they should have, you know, because right now I'm in such tight, tight quarters. I can't do 12 by four by four enclosures for my retakes. Like I want to, Yeah, Hey, I, I yeah. know the feeling. I, yeah. I feel like, I, you know? I feel like most of us that have been keeping these animals for a while, if we had the means to, we absolutely would. Right. Right. And, um, you know, which is why when people say, Oh, you get that snake. Well, yeah. You know, I've also got that snake out all the time. And she gets right. plenty of exercise trying to get away from me. So. Yeah, my but, my uh, favorite my my favorite um you know kind of keyboard warrior attack on on social media is you know when people just start gunning someone because of mm -hmm. their enclosure size, right? And that's such a small piece of the the picture. Um, it is. You know, you can you can keep a big snake in a in a you know not a big enclosure, but if that snake also has like a jungle gym or you take it out you know, for several days, 
um, you know, you have yeah. it out handling, like it's getting plenty of that enrichment and, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just people are always quick to jump with the enclosure aspect yeah. of it. And, and I'm, I'm, everyone knows I'm an advocate for larger enclosures. Um, right. You know, right. I, I am too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we should make them as elaborate as we can. Yeah. And some of us can only make them as elaborate as we can. Right. (laughs) So if we've got to compensate by getting them out more and interacting with them more, they're perfectly content. Sometimes my snakes will lay in their water bowl for a week at a time. I love that. 16 foot snake in a little water bowl like this. And they just, I go in, I open up the door. She put her head up and she's like, just leave me alone. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. You know, so it's not like they need to have a whole pasture to roam in or anything. No. Exactly. But uh, I don't know, man. It's that I think I, I really think that this summer, if if things happen the way I'm foreseeing, they may. Uh, they probably will. Of course, availability is going to be a thing. But I really think this whole intrepid thing will, will really take off once I have the space that I need to do what I want and really up the educational game on this stuff. Uh, with more species and more room to do more interesting things and stuff like that. So that's, that's extremely exciting and definitely something to, to look forward to. And, you know, I wish you the best luck with everything working out in that aspect. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm probably three years behind as far as when we're going to move to property and I'm going to do something similar, um, you know, with, building a bigger place but um it's exciting stuff i mean i'm excited now yeah. and it's like a blip in the future that right. is not even i can't touch it yet <laughs> so for for you that you might be just you know a couple seasons away that's huge yeah, yeah. you're an um, example that you know you put you put the right energy out there you you work hard mm-hmm. enough at it and then you know you can you make some good stuff happen. Well, so i mean hey man you guys remember seeing emily and ed making snake videos in their yeah. kitchen yeah now they make them in their zoo yeah, yep. so. that, that's a reason to get yourself <laughs> out there, everyone. So, Tim, thanks yeah. for being a great example of that. Uh, thanks for joining Lucas and I for another episode of the Retic Lounge. And yeah, I hope you guys we, are doing we awesome end up things, on man. yours. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. And um, yeah, yeah, definitely we'll, we'll we'll have you on and, and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to time things up to where we can um, we we can get onto your place and have some more good yeah. conversation and uh yeah we'll, hey, we'll definitely he said be... saturday at eight right yeah saturday saturday at eight eastern every saturday all right i'll, I'll block we myself always, out from the salon one of these at some point and film um a pre-recorded thing okay if you want yeah, to I, I mean I, that's fine too i'm, but, I'm cool um, i i actually like going live on other people's yeah. format um yeah i definitely i, I would love to do that yeah yeah, it's no stress. You ain't got nothing to set up. You just click the link and I, I love that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim. Thanks so much. Um thanks, we will catch you here soon. And um yeah, for everyone else that is still watching, uh Nathan, how do we get back to the other screen? There we go. Good All job. Right. Yeah, I figured it out. Uh, we had a good we, we did a good we, job we this. Yeah, we did. like we're figuring Lucas, out StreamYard a little Lucas. bit. Kudos to us. I would say I ran most of that. So, uh, Lucas, you can can thank me. I had a couple good transitions, okay? Aw. Guys, (laughs) thanks for hanging hanging put, watching this episode. I think education is something that if you are an aspiring breeder, um, I want to talk to you specifically, right? Like you're buying your your stock animals and you're, you're 
um, you know, you're, you're close to your first season or you want to be a reptile breeder, whether it's retics or any other species, I want to like encourage you to try to find your public audience and, and not just cater to your small community online where you sell animals to build up your hype, you know, to sell. And, and I speak with experience on that. Like I, I, I focus so much on my social media and trying to be out there and locality is my thing. And, and, um, but you know, be a part of the, the greater, you know, reptile community in your city, in your town, wherever you are. Um, I, I think that that's like, you know, my, my goal of where I want to end up going. And, and I feel like if we can all work to just educate and, and, you know, a lot of us are in so many different cities around the country, um, we can really make a difference. And, you know, the public's perceptions of the animals we keep, especially large constrictors like retics. Yeah. I think that goes for any trade. I mean, even outside the reptile industry, if it, if it costs you nothing but time to help someone else out with, skills you have or education that you have in helping the public, then, you know, yeah, you might as well. Yeah. Um, again, if you guys are, are still watching, don't forget to hit the like button, comment, um, ask Tim any questions, ask us any questions that you have, or just give us some feedback on the episode. Uh, hit that notification bell. We drop these episodes every Friday and don't forget to hit that link below if you want to hang out on the absolute best reticulated Python discord and Patreon community. We will see you guys next week. Happy new years. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to what 2024 has after. Happy New Year's, everyone. I said after. I, I, uh, I, know. After. I wasn't going to try to make fun of you. But no, yeah. I am. I'm leaving ha- it on here. Ha- Happy New Year's, everyone. Bye, everyone.